because once you start talking to God, and then there's the scripture, so we don't leave people in dark places, Taylor. We go ahead and we make bold, courageous, outrageous promises that feel a little bit like, am I allowed to say that? Except for the fact that the Word says it. So I just take the scriptures right there at the end, and and I put two or the two, three, or four scriptures that I base the, pro- the the proclamations and the confessions on right there at the end. So you can pray it out loud, and you might be thinking, "Holy cow, what did I do?" But you look at the next page, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, well, I I kind of just quoted that scripture in a little different way." This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to welcome over the phone line, Pastor Nicole Crank. Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Taylor. How are you? I'm doing really well, I'm, I'm, and I'm excited to talk to you today because I think you have a, a really cool book that just came out. So you're the, for people who may not be familiar, you're the senior pastor of Faith Church, which has campuses in both St. Louis and West Palm Beach, and you're also the author of a new book called Hi God, It's Me Again. And I guess one thing that I'm curious about is what inspired you to write this book? Well, Taylor, it's, I'm just thrilled to be here with you guys and, and Charisma, and you guys are doing such great work. And, you know, I think you guys' mission and our mission aren't, aren't that different in that I was really impassioned about trying to get people to talk to God, because there's a million reasons that come up why we don't. Um, we're distracted, the dog barked, the kids yelled, the laundry didn't happen, you lost your keys, you ran out of time, you overslept, the alarm didn't go off. You sin, so now you feel guilty, so now you don't. Now you now you feel ashamed, now you really can't do it. And then you're miserable, and you're like, oh, I just wish God would help me, but we never even got around to asking. And so, so Taylor, while I was um, at church this past weekend, the book came out, I don't know, about six or eight weeks ago, and uh, a lady came up to me in the lobby, and her eyes started to well up with tears. I said, Barbara, are you okay? And she said, I just have to ask your forgiveness. And I said, well, for what? And she said, when you told me that you wrote a devotional, she said, I thought that's nice. And um, I went ahead and got it, and I set it aside. And a couple of weeks later, I finally picked it up and started to read it. And then tears started just rolling down her face. And she said, this is what happens to me every time I read it, is it makes me feel this way. And she said, I'm sorry. I thought it was just a devotional. And that really just encouraged me to the moon and back, Taylor, because I, I don't think it's, it's the High God, It's Me Again book that did that for her. Um, I think the book is really more, a, it's not a devotional. It helps you start a conversation with God, and it's not 60 days written to read in a row necessarily, but it's 60 topics. It's when you're stressed out, when you're overwhelmed, when you feel corrected, when you tried your hardest and 110% just weren't enough when you're sick or you need the money to pay the mortgage and you have no idea where it's going to come from. And I waited till I was in those places in my life and wrote from those, you know, a little bit darker days, but then I didn't leave the reader there. And sometimes we don't know how to ask. We think, am I bold enough to ask this? Am I courageous enough to ask this? Am I crazy? Could I even possibly ask God for this? So I didn't leave the reader um, in the, in the darker place. We, it, the, each conversation starts out, hi, God, it's me again. And, you know, one page uh, might just say something like, you know, the world tries to tell me my future's always been decided by my past, where I was born, where I went to school, what I've done, and even what was done to me. People make it sound like what happened to the past is unchangeable. So those days when our past haunts us. And so they're written as prayers to read out loud, but super conversational. So it's something that you could hand to your coworker or your friend who's not a Christian 
that maybe they're going through a tough time in their life. And so you can turn to the table of contents, find that topic, and start reading it out loud. And Taylor, this is what I think happened to my friend at church. She started reading it out loud, and it wasn't necessarily the book that made her feel that way, but it was a fire starter. You know, when you you have a barbecue in in the backyard, you need to get some of that liquid that you put on the fire to make it go big, or you buy that little log, and you fire that up, and you put that little, little log made out of stuff underneath all the wood, and it catches the wood on fire. I think that's what this book is intended to do, is really to open up our conversations with God. And I'm not sure if it's the book that touched her that way, but I think once she started talking to God, he was able to get into her heart and and really do some things with her that she'd been wanting done. And God just really started moving on her. And that's what's really exciting to me. That is really exciting. And when you were talking about prayer before, you mentioned that there's always a million reasons why we don't pray, or there's always a million barriers that get in the way or obstacles that stop us from praying. But how does this book really help to remove some of those obstacles or make praying easier or more natural for people who maybe are out of the habit? You know, I tried to keep in mind, we have so many people at our church, Taylor, that do not uh, attend church or have never been to church before, have no idea how to do this thing that we call the Christian walk. People who come in our doors are just straight off the street. We're on late-night television, and they might have been at a bar last night and find themselves in a church on Sunday morning. And so I just wrote the topics when things like when I need to say no, and when I'm all worked up, I feel unloved, in need of companionship, I want to be happy, what's good about me, when people hurt me. And so with those kind of topics in the front, you kind of open it up and you notice, hey, wait a minute, I feel that way right now. And that's why I, I like people to not read it necessarily in a row, but to open it up and see see where God takes their eyes and what speaks to their heart, and, and go to that little place in the book for those few pages. Because once you start talking to God, and then there's the Scripture, so we don't leave people in dark places, Taylor. We go ahead and we make bold, courageous, outrageous promises that feel a little bit like, am I allowed to say that? Except for the fact that the Word says it. So I just take the scriptures right there at the end, and, and I put two or the two, three, or four scriptures that I base the, pro- the, the proclamations and the confessions on right there at the end. So you can pray it out loud, and you might be thinking, holy cow, what did I do? But you look at the next page, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, I, I kind of just quoted that scripture in a little different way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and obviously, we know that prayer is vital for believers, um, but a lot of times we, uh, I feel like sometimes we don't properly appreciate the power of prayer. How have you seen the power of prayer manifest in your own life and in your church? Well, you know, the Bible says, call on me and I will answer you. The problem is, Taylor, when we don't pray, we don't call on him. So I, I, I imagine God in heaven in my, my mind so many times like a girl waiting for the phone to ring after a first date. He's up in heaven going, are they going to call? Are they going to call? And he keeps checking his phone, checking his caller ID, checking his voicemail. Maybe they texted. He flips over there, and we're not reaching out in any way. And he's just like, if they would just call me, I could fix this for them. And I think that's what we as humans forget is God really does want to help us. He wants to help us more than we want to help our own kids. I mean, you know, if we have kids and they get in trouble, what do we do? We look at them and go, oh, yeah, that's a shame. You know, how are you going to get out of that one? No, we're found bending over backwards to help our kids. Well, we're God's kids. He's found bending over backwards trying to help us if we ask, if we allow him, because he's a gentleman, Taylor. 
God doesn't just rudely barge into our life and derail the direction that we've chosen. He gave us this thing called free will. And so as we're charging down our free will road, he's like, oh, there's a right turn, right turn, right turn. But we're not close enough to hear. So when we enter in prayer, we get close enough to hear the direction that he's given. We make the right turn and we miss the fact that the bridge is out. And that's all he's trying to tell us. Is there a particular devotional or prayer in the book that really stands out to you as being um, very significant or personal? Obviously, all of these come from your own personal walk with God, but is there one that really sticks out to you? Well, there's one in there called Damaged Goods. Um, You know, people think that once you're a pastor that you were probably born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You knew the direction for your life when you were like 18 months old. You probably didn't sin much, and that's how you qualified. Uh, My story was a little bit different. I was given up by my dad before I was born in Canada. I was adopted in the U.S. by my stepdad when I was three. I was molested in fourth grade, and that's the same year I found Christ and found out that I'd been adopted. I was raped in eighth grade, and I ended up a pregnant, unwed mother at 17 years old. Uh, Finally found a man after being rejected that I thought would want me and love me and married me, and he had all the right medical initials after his name. I thought life had really turned around. But he got addicted to prescription drugs, which turned into cocaine, which turned into crack cocaine, which turned him into an abusive man. And I ended up with a broken rib, a herniated C7, a foreclosed on house, bankrupt, and actually running from him because he'd become fixated on me because of the drugs and very abusive. And so I was alone in life. I was in hiding, literally, had to leave my job because when I would show up for work, he would stalk me there. And that's when I cried out to God, Taylor. And God really did a work in me. And he, I knew he wanted me to expose the things that happened to me and the things that I had done. And that he was going to use what I considered a, 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 a tombstone as a stepping stone and as a platform for me to actually stand on to reach down and pull other people up to where I was through his mercy, his will, and his good news. So the, the damaged goods one is really close to my heart because I know what it feels like to feel damaged and like nobody's going to want you feel alone and rejected. And I don't want to leave anybody there because that's not what God does. He says, I will leave you and I will never forsake you. Taylor, he never walks away from us. We just walk away from him. And the easiest first step, all we have to do to come back to him is start talking to him again. And the enemy uses every distraction he can to keep us away from him. It's those every, every day, somebody please tell me I'm okay, and I'm going to make it moments that we want to scream or use words we shouldn't use or complain or tell somebody off in traffic. And the enemy's thrilled, and God's like, no, just talk to me instead. And that's my prayer, Taylor, is that I got it with me again. It's like, when we don't have the words, you're like, God, I want to talk to you, but I don't have the words. That's like the beginning of one of the devotionals. So it's designed to just read that little page and a half out loud, and then suddenly you've got the words, and it's got you talking already. So it helps you get through those hard parts, helps you get unstuck, if you will, and then hopefully your words and your heart will just flow. Wow. That, that is really powerful. And thank you for, for sharing your testimony on here. Um, it's really cool to see what God has done in your life. Um, and in the same way, um, what impact are you hoping that this book will have on, on so many of our, our readers? Well, you know, Taylor, I figure if God can use me, he can use just about anybody. <laughs> and um, God 
has chosen each and every one of us. He's created us. He's destined us. He's purposed us. And no matter what has happened to us or no matter what we've done, none of it changed his mind. He decided way before we were born, and he knew the choices we were going to make. And, you know, I met a guy, and he was so cute, and uh, I didn't want to go out with him. He asked me out for five months, and I wouldn't go. You know why? Because I thought all boys were stupid because I married one that was in trouble. (laughs) And I finally went out with him, and I went out with him one time, and then I wanted to see him every day after that. And I married him, and he was the son of a preacher man. And we started helping in his daddy's church and just started helping people. And our church grew from 180 to we have 18,000 members 13 years later. And if God can do that through a pregnant, unwed, rape-molested, adopted girl, what in the world can he do with the, the listeners right now? He's got so much in store for each and every one of us. Really, it's bigger than we can ever manage. I can never thought of that because I, I was also poor, lived on a little dirt country road, and our brand new car was a station wagon that had been sideswiped on one side. And when mom came to pick me up from school, I'd always go, Mom, go the other way because you got to see the good side of the car with the kids. So, so I know what it feels like to come from there, but God doesn't leave us there. He's got a plan. He takes us from faith to faith, from victory to victory, from level to level. And he wants to take us up and pull us out of the miry clay and stand us on the solid rock. If people want to check out the book for themselves, where can they get a copy of that? Well, Amazon.com carries everything in the world, including the High God, It's Me Again book. And then there's also a website too, Taylor. It's www.highgodbook.com. Fantastic. And if people want to see what you're up to, are you on social media? I am everywhere on social media. I'm a social media maniac, um, and we believe in real, raw, authentic ministry. So we take our, our social media family with us everywhere. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I'm Nicole Crank. Fantastic. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been an honor to hear from you. Would you mind closing us with prayer? I'd be honored to do that. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray over each and every person who might think they've accidentally tuned into this podcast today. But God in heaven, you say nothing is accidental, but your providence, God, is so great. And God, you've lined them up right now to speak a word of encouragement into their heart. And you were wondering if God loves you today. And God just sent this voice, this little girl's voice from the backwoods in the country with the backwards past. And he says, through my voice, he says, hey, you, yeah, you. You don't think I'm talking to you? He says, I love you. I love you so much. I want to draw you close to me, and I want to whisper things into your ear, the hidden and the fenced-in things, says Jeremiah 33, that you wouldn't know. I want to give you direction, and I want to give you wisdom and revelation. I want to open the eyes of your understanding according to Ephesians 1. I want to take you to a place that you've never dreamed. You were destined there from your mother's womb, but I've got a future and a hope for you, says Jeremiah 29. I love you more than you know, and I've blessed you more than you can imagine. Father God, we thank you for your kind words, God, and we do trust you beyond what we can naturally conceive. We step out of our natural trust and into supernatural faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Nicole Crank on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. 
Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 